Hey guys, it's Jerry, and I'm a little bit under the weather at the time that this needed to be recorded. Uh, so I was not able to get an episode of Eerie Encounters out today. But I did want to leave you with something. So here are a couple of episodes that uh, we had some special fill-in guests. Graveyard Tales and History Goes Bump filled in for a couple of uh, Patreon bonus episodes while I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago. So I am opting to uh, play two of those for you today. Most of you have not heard these. Uh, enjoy and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. Hello, hillbillies. Welcome to Hillbilly Short 1423. And yes, this isn't Jerry and Tracy. This is Diane of History Goes Bump. I'm filling in because Jerry has been swept away to a hospital and they won't let him out. Is it a haunted hospital? I don't know. Actually, as you probably already know, he's having some medical stuff. So we're sending out our warm wishes and prayers towards him that everything goes well and that he's back on his feet and working like a workaholic again. So just take a moment, close your eyes, and pretend that I'm a bald male that can deliver lines like a stand-up comic. My parents went to Scotland without me. Can you believe that? And while they were in Edinburgh, they picked up a book from a man who gave them a tour. His name was Adam Lyles, and he wrote this book called Witchery Tales. And I thought I would share a couple of them with you. First, we have The Ghostly Herald. This is thought to be one of the city's oldest ghost stories, and it concerns the Market Cross. This is the place from which many important city and royal proclamations were made. It was also here that the coronation of Queen Elizabeth was announced in 1954. About 400 years before that, another famous announcement was made from the cross. In this case, it was an announcement before the event, a prediction of disaster. So picture this. It's a warm August evening in 1513. There's a man named Richard Lawson. He's a local merchant. He was on the first floor gallery of his home, taking in some air from a window. He saw a ghostly herald appear at the cross. This herald proceeded to announce the names of men who were soon to meet violent and bloody deaths. The list began with King James IV, followed by the names of the cream of Scotland's nobility. Finally, Richard Lawson's name was also called. Can you imagine? You first of all see something that looks like a ghost, and then it says, you're going to die. Until that moment, he had stood transfixed, but on hearing his name, he fell to his knees and prayed fervently for his life. He must have been a brave man, because at the beginning of September, he was one of thousands of men who marched south following the king, despite the awful prediction. In 1512, King Henry VIII had attacked France. The French had persuaded the Scots to invade England from the north. James IV had assembled one of the largest and best-equipped armies in Scottish history, he had around 35,000 men. The English army was led by the Earl of Surrey, and they clashed on the 9th of September in 1513 at Flodden Field. The Scots were massacred. The king was hacked to pieces along with 15 lowland earls, 70 barons, and hundreds of knights. 10,000 men perished. Some families almost ceased to exist. Edinburgh's Lord Provost, Sir Alexander Lauder, was slain alongside many of the city's brave citizens. Of the list read by the Ghostly Herald, only Richard Lawson survived, and he told the story to Lindsay of Pitscotty, a Scottish historian not adverse to the odd ghost story. His account of Richard Lawson's experiences has stayed with us for 400 years, and that Ghostly Herald was never seen again. And I imagine Richard Lawson was very happy indeed that he was wrong about one of the names on that list. 
Now on to the laughing lady. Sometimes tales of strange occurrences came after the trials of supposed witches. The evidence that arose at the trial would become more and more far-fetched as locals retold their stories to justify the suspicions. They'd always had a suspicion about that particular man or woman, so they must be a witch. Perhaps the best example of these superstitious outbursts comes from the case of Major Thomas Weir. After he'd been burnt at the stake, various stories grew up around him. It was common knowledge at one time that everyone in the Westbow area knew someone who knew someone whose wife's brother had had a terrifying experience near Major Weir's house. One such story was told by a woman and her servant who were walking up the bow late one night. As they neared Major Weir's house, a gigantic female figure leapt out in front of them. This huge apparition was shaking with uncontrollable laughter as it started to move slowly down the West Bow. The woman and her servant followed it till it turned into an alleyway called Stinking Clothes. The clothes was filled with torches and unholy merriment. No theory has ever been ventured to explain the apparition's good humor. Next, we have the woman in black silk. James Bone, in his book Edinburgh Revisited, describes a ghost of the late 1800s to be found in Chessel's Court in the Cannon Gate. The story was told to him by a lady of the Gordon family. She lived in the top flat, and her story was corroborated by another old lady in the same stair. It was a well-known story of the court that a woman had hanged herself, or something, in the building. Although this particular woman had never actually seen the ghost, she had been near seeing it. Quite often, heavy breathing could be heard outside the door, but if she went to investigate, there was nothing to be found. She did say that her brother had seen the ghost one night when he was staying with her. She said he saw a tall woman in black silk. The dress stuck out around so much that it near took up the whole room. He couldn't have seen the face of it, for it was awful tall, just as the folks said. Her brother refused to stay with her after this, but the story of the strange woman in black silk was now confirmed for all in the building. And then finally, we have a more recent tale of the witchery chair. When fantastic stories of shimmering apparitions are told, they're sometimes hard to believe. But not long ago, in November 1986, a mortal acquaintance of mine was sitting in the witchery restaurant late one night. Only the staff remained. Suddenly, the silence was broken by the sound of a chair scraping across the stone floor. When the young man looked up, he saw a chair move six to ten inches back from a table as if someone was getting up. That's quite a distance for a chair to move on its own. This was a simple occurrence, but as the young man said, when it happens to you and you can see absolutely no possible explanation, it's a very unnerving experience. Well, I can only imagine So there are a few witchery tales for you to enjoy. Thank you for allowing me to fill in for Jerry and Tracy on this Hillbilly Short. Y'all take care now. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. And we're from Graveyard Tales. And this is Hillbilly Short number 1425. Man, Jerry, you got a lot of these. Fourteen twenty-five. Good grief. <laughs> maybe, maybe he started. Uh, maybe he started numbering it like fourteen hundred. Maybe so. Maybe so. When, Just ra- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, let's not start at one. Let's start at fourteen hundred. <laughs> so, I wanted to tell you guys about an, an experience that happened to me, and I I kind of told Matt about this before too. But me and the family, we decided. 
uh, well, Ashley decided for us that we were going to spend a weekend at the Jefferson Hotel in Jefferson, Texas, and it's notoriously haunted. We did an episode on it prior to going here and all this. Well, we decided that we were going to take a ghost tour of Jefferson, like downtown mm-hmm. Jefferson. They had a, a whole ghost tour that took you to different buildings and stuff like that. You've probably been on some like that, Matt. But yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been on a few. And I love them. I'm a history nerd, so the history is really cool to me, even without the hauntings and stuff like that. But our tour stopped back by the Jefferson Hotel. Well, we decided since we were A, staying there, and B, I already knew the history of the mm-hmm. hotel because of our episode on it. We decided we were just going to stand at the back of the 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 little group there. We all piled into one of the rooms of the Jefferson, and then we were standing at the back. They were going through talking about all the different stuff, all the hauntings there, and there's apparently two little kids that have been seen that run up and down the downstairs hallway, and they'll knock on doors when people are there and the owner has cameras all over this place to catch the activity. So he'll be able to look and go, there's no kids running up and down the hallway. Don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're standing there and during this lady's speech, I feel someone pull the back of my shirt. Like, you know, when you can feel someone like tugging down on the back of your shirt. Yeah. and. I thought at first it was Michael and then it registered to me. No, Michael's like to the right and in front of me a little bit. And this was back left. So I turn thinking one of the other kids may be in the tour group. It can't see and is needing me to move or something. There's nobody or actually behind. screwing with you. Yeah. Just screwing with me. <laughs> There's nobody behind me. And I watch my shirt fall back against my body from being pulled out. So I know it wasn't just a sensation of, oh, my shirt got pulled. I watched my shirt fall back against my body. That is incredible. So something tugged my shirt. Like it it was a two, three kind of pull where they pull it out. And as I'm turning around to look, I watch it go from that pulled tent state back to flush against my body. And I couldn't, like I was stunned. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never been touched. I, I've experienced hauntings and stuff before, but I've never been touched in a way that manipulates my clothing or my body. And it was wild to me, just completely yeah. wild. So after the the little thing, I went up to the owner. He was down there during the thing and, and we got, everybody got a minute to walk around and check out the hotel. But again, since we were staying there, we didn't do that. I took the time to go up to the owner. And I introduced myself and I said, you know, my, my buddy and I do a podcast on this stuff and, and we've actually covered your hotel, but I thought I'd let you know, cause you said you like hearing the stuff. I just had my shirt tugged on and I, I explained the whole thing and he goes, Oh, they're initiating you. And I said, what? And he goes, they've done that to every one of my family here. I have had my shirt pulled. My wife, my kids have had their shirt pulled. And he said, you're downstairs. That's where the two little kids are. So they're probably just initiating you or screwing with you one way or another. 
And that is nuts. I know. I cannot <laughs> get over that. That is the first and only time in all the years that I've been doing paranormal stuff that I have been physically touched. I've watched stuff happen. I've heard mm-hmm. people say they've been touched, but I have never actually been touched. And it, it freaked me out a little bit, but more than that, I was just super stoked to finally have something oh, like that yeah. happen. That's, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I, I've never, I've never experienced physical touch. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard things, I've, I've, I've seen things move. Never have I felt a physical touch. So that is, man, I, it's so impressive. I've, I had not thought about it since we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even now I'm like, damn, that is so crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I think about it every, every couple of days it pops back into my head and I'm like, I was ghost touched. I got to tell somebody else about it. <laughs> I've, I've been touched by the spirit. But <laughs> we just, uh, we decided that we wanted to share this with you guys. So hopefully it is a new story for the listeners of Hillbilly Horror Stories here because I'm, we've told it, but I think it was only on a Patreon. So if you listen to yeah, both of I us, think it was. I think this may be the only time that you've heard it. So thank you guys for listening. And like I said, my name's Adam. And my name's Matt. And we're Graveyard Tales. <laughs>